When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Ed, and Kate Constable here with you. And it's time to talk a little Thanksgiving football. And we will start with the game kicking off at 9.30 in the morning, my time. But 12.30 Detroit time. It is the Packers and the Lions. Detroit now an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. This line has continued to move in Detroit's direction, Kate. We've got a total of 47-and-a-half. What are your first impressions of this game? My first impressions earlier in this week were that maybe the Packers could cover this number. You know, got a win last week, although I think maybe that was a little bit more of the Chargers losing that game. But either way, gives the Packers a little momentum. Um, Defense for the Lions kind of been its Achilles heel. Lions have turned the ball over quite a bit lately. But with all the injuries for the Packers, like their run game is going to be pretty non-existent today. That all of a sudden, I'm kind of thinking maybe this is just a big Lions spot, a Lions blowout. I mean, this is the first time um, the Lions have played on Thanksgiving and been this relevant. So to be at home Mm -hmm. and be this big of a favorite, like huge game for the city of Detroit, that maybe this is just kind of a Lions run over the Packers type of spot. I think the way I would bet this was to throw the Lions in a teaser because I didn't take – um Detroit at minus seven and a half so I don't want to take them at minus eight and a half so maybe tease this line down a little bit uh otherwise I'm probably just going to be looking at a lot of props in this one Ed it it is interesting you bring up the teaser option because I think that's one of the reasons why this number has moved to minus eight and a half being at minus seven and a half earlier in the week uh once you get to that nine then it's no longer a long teaser so I suppose Mm -hmm. there's some teaser protection uh one of the big reasons why this has moved and I think you hit the nail on the head as far as the other big reason why this number uh has been moving a lot of big names out for the Packers in this one. Jair Alexander, now he's questionable here. Darnell Savage is out. Aaron Jones is out. A.J. Dillon is questionable. So right away, my first reaction when hearing, say, like, one running back is out, the second one is questionable. Okay, does that mean Jordan Love's going to pass a good bit more? Well, first off, game script is certainly suggesting he's going to do that. So do you just automatically and perhaps blindly bet Jordan Love over 32 and a half pass attempts? It is at minus 140 on BetMGM, so it is a little pricey here. But I do feel like that if the Packers are going to try and keep this close somehow, it'll be because Jordan Love is connecting with Christian Watson a good bit. I just don't know any other path for the Packers to be able to keep this game close. I don't think this Packers defense will be able to contain Jared Goff and company. That, I think, is a good bit of a guarantee. And so can Jordan Love keep up? Probably not. I think Lions minus eight and a half is okay here. I don't love it. Definitely, I think the teaser is still the best bet if you want to take that with, say, the 49ers or something happening on Sunday. I know we've talked about uh, you know that Browns game being uh, teaserable. Uh, but I do think, though, that you look at the passing attack for the Packers, that's going to be the only way where they're able to keep up. And so why not just anticipate that in advance and go with over 32 and a half pass attempts if you're looking at the prop game like you are, Kate? Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at this because especially with this being such a, a large spread – 
You've got to imagine the Packers are going to be down late in the game. They're not going to rely on what their third string running back to move the ball downfield. Jordan Love's going to be throwing mm-hmm. the ball quite a bit, taking those deep shots. And we saw him connect with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and throw some some big uh, some big passes downfield last game. Maybe he starts to kind of feel like he's able to uh, do that some more against this Lions defense maybe have a little bit of success, but I think that that's the way you're totally right. Ed. That's the way the Packers uh, are able to stay in this game if they are at all. So I wouldn't, I would prefer to look at uh, loves passing attempts versus passing yards, just because the mm-hmm. volume passing attempts wise, I, I feel very confident that that's going to be there. I'm not confident that he's going to be able to go over his yardage. I mean, he only threw over 300 yards for the first time, last weekend and I know his prop is not going to be set at 300 yards I mean what is it right now 231 and a half but that still feels Mm -hmm. almost a little too high for Jordan Love on this stage against this Lions defense that's going to be fired up coming off of a comeback win last week home on Thanksgiving the crowd's going to be into it so I would definitely go with uh, the passing attempts for Love over passing yards I know some folks are citing uh, that last Lions game against the Bears as far as why maybe Detroit is coming back down to reality and things like that. Uh, Jared Goff did struggle with some of the Bears looks, notably with cover three. But I would also say, look, Goff has done very well against cover three uh, since he's been in a Lions uniform. And so it may have just been a bad day at work for him. But you've obviously what you're obviously watching the Bears all the time. I'm curious, did you feel like that the Lions kind of came back down to reality a little bit, uh, or was it just a bad game? And this is going to be an easy regrouping, get right opportunity for Jared Goff and company. Yeah, I would say that that was one of the best games that the Bears have played in quite some time, and obviously with Justin Fields back on the field, so that was more to me of. Maybe the Lions coming back down to earth a little bit, but the Bears looking better than they typically do. So I'm not sure I would say that the Lions are in a bad spot or aren't going to be able to kind of carry the same momentum that they had earlier in the season. You talk about uh, golf against cover three and the Packers play uh, a ton of that. 46% of their passing plays are typically in a cover three and they're allowing the third highest rate uh, um, quarterback rating, fourth highest yards per attempt and most passing touchdowns uh, to teams when playing in a cover three. So that's something that the Lions are going to be able to take advantage of quite a bit today. Uh, so, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not concerned about the Lions ma- like barely getting past the Bears last week. That was the Bears playing pretty well for the majority of that game, three and a half quarters. Uh, and the Lions just kind of maybe overlooking <laughs> Chicago a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what was the win probability in that one? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, it was around God. 98%. The Bears were supposed to win that one, and they didn't. Like, uh, Bears gonna Bears, I guess. But uh, such yeah. is life uh, out there. It's the almost like series. impressive to lose a game like that. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. And That's and especially like. <laughs> No, it's not. And it's something too. And I've kind of made this point for a little while now that, okay, I like Jared Goff, but I don't love Jared Goff. I mean, you look at say like total EPA and other metrics like that. Like, yeah, he's been more than competent. You know, the Lions have done very, very well with him. No doubt about it. But if you're looking at like the success stories as to why the Lions are where they are, you're probably looking at coaching you're probably looking at Amon Ross St. Brown and maybe to a lesser extent getting Sam Laporta. You're probably looking at those guys more than you are Jared Goff. And I don't think that's an insult to him. 
It's just the reality of it in terms of the overall strengths. If you're power ranking the best offensive coordinators or power ranking the best tight ends, things like that, I think you notice that, okay, these guys are higher in their respective list than they are Jared Goff. And that's fine. And what Goff is able to do is be successful in an already competent offense. This is one of the reasons why I think the Lions offensively, especially with the passing attack, could be quite successful because Goff loves those crossing routes. And Amon Ross St. Brown loves running those crossing routes. San Laporta also has done the same thing. And it's another reason why, as far as uh, the prop market, Kate, that I am a big fan of Sam Laporta uh, going over his 46 and a half yards. Uh, I believe he had 19 receptions uh, in the middle third of the field or off of crossing routes with a completion percentage over expected greater than 4% this season. So this is something where uh, you have this young up and coming tight end uh, who already does well, uh, given these types of coverages. I don't see why he wouldn't be targeted a good bit in a game like this high profile contest where it, you know, division game lions do need to keep up with the Eagles. So why not go back to your bread and butter, especially against a Packers defense that will have some weaknesses over the middle. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's one prop or one player that I've been looking at, but I'm kind of nervous. I was almost leaning towards his receptions to go under. I, he had a great really? start to the season, but I feel like his production has slowed a little bit over the last few weeks, only seven total receptions in the last two games. And he's only been targeted five times in each of those. So maybe the, the, mm -hmm. the receiving yards is the way to look at this versus his receptions, the flip flop from what I said about Jordan love. Um, because yeah. in order to hit this, he would, have to be basically perfect if he's only being targeted five times a game uh and packers do a decent job six fewest uh ninth fewest rather targets to opposing tight ends so maybe your way to go with the receiving yards is probably how you should look at sam laporta i was looking earlier at his receptions and i was thinking i'm not sure i can i can take over four and a half no, and that's fine. And it might be like a quasi hedge if you want to do both where, okay, he's not going to get a whole lot of opportunities, but he's going to make the most of them, uh, yeah. especially with yards after catch. I, I think that's probably just fine. And that's kind of how I'm anticipating this is like one or two significant chunk plays for him. That's probably how he gets over this mark, especially with a lot of space over the middle. So definitely, I think that's a, a nice way to kind of synergize our ideas, so to speak. I uh, want to ask you, too, about Jameer Gibbs here, because when we talk about what the public is doing for BetMGM, uh, they are backing Jameer Gibbs in a lot of different ways. Over 47.5 rushing yards at minus 115, over 27.5 receiving yards at minus 115. In fact, 99% of the bets are on the over. Are you doing anything with Jameer Gibbs? Yeah, I like Jameer Gibbs rushing plus receiving yards to go over. Mm. He's gone over this number. I, I want to say, I thought I had it written down 79 and a half. There we go. Um, 79 yeah. and a half. He's gone over this number five times this season. And when he's gone over it, he's gone way over it. Two of those games. Cause I know a lot of those games were without David Montgomery. So he was getting the majority of the workload um, in, in the backfield with Montgomery back. He's still gone over this in each of his last two games with Montgomery on the field. And a lot of the damage he's done is receiving wise. So I think Montgomery um, goes over his rushing today. He just destroyed the Packers back in week four on the ground. So I would play rushing mm -hmm. uh, for Montgomery, but rushing and receiving for Gibbs. That way we get a little bit, if he's a little bit more uh, in the receiving game, we can use that to propel us over over that number versus just having to rely on 
his rushing yards and the splits between Montgomery. But I have been at a little surprise that the public does feel so strongly about Gibbs maintaining his workload uh, and his production, even with Montgomery now back for a couple games and like really healthy and kind of starting to go back to early season four. Well, and I wonder, Kate, if one of the reasons for that is just because the Lions love utilizing all of their targets. You know, how many fantasy owners were complaining about Gibbs not being used enough at the start of the season uh, and saying, well, you know, you just drafted him top 15 overall. Like, why aren't you using him more often? And that's what happens with rookie running backs, right? Like, sometimes it takes them a little bit to kind of get used to the speed of the NFL. But then once they do, they're fantastic. And especially Mm -hmm. with a Johnson coordinated offense uh, more than safe to say that Gibbs is going to be utilized in the passing game in some way shape or form and so I think the way to kind of attack say like Lions props is to say okay it's not just one receiver doing just about everything yes Amon Ross St. Brown is you know more than competent and more than spectacular but it's a lot of different guys doing a lot of different things and so as you look at those targets uh, instead of just looking at, say, like yards per route run or something like that, understand that diversifying the portfolio is what the Lions are all about. And yes, Gibbs can have a significant impact that way, especially with chunk plays. Uh, but you also want to factor in the you know the key idea here that the Lions should be able to win this game comfortably. So they will probably keep things on the ground a good bit more or keep things short in the passing game not necessarily looking for deep bombs, uh, you know, even if the Packers are, say, playing a coverage where you could do such things, uh, definitely it's something where the Lions will probably have a slightly more conservative approach to a game like this. Uh, They can still get chunk plays that way. That's why Laporta, I still like the over. But the conservatism will be something where they can still at least get the ball to their favorite running back, their favorite tight end, things like that. So then receiver-wise, with those props, how are you looking at this? Because in week four, when these two Mm -hmm. teams met, I mean, three of the four line touchdowns came on the ground, over 200 yards rushing. Is Green Bay's defense almost going to overcompensate for that? So then you have Amon Ron St. Brown maybe open a little bit more, and you take his overs, but you can't take overs Mm -hmm. on every single one of Detroit's position players, right? So how how do you navigate that? Right. (laughs) Well, I I will probably be staying away from Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, first and foremost, just because I I could definitely see a situation where they're going to other guys. And probably what would make a good bit more sense is if you're going after like the Khalif Raymonds of the world or someone like that, uh, you know, his prop is what, over 11 and a half uh, receiving yards? That probably makes a good bit more sense to me as far as looking at those tertiary targets. Uh, They may be the ones who are making significant impacts just so that everybody gets at least a couple of catches and uh, everybody gets to enjoy the spread at Thanksgiving. It's not just one right receiver one. Going to be definitely a different uh, style than, say, like the Cowboys where we know the ball is going to go to CeeDee Lamb a lot. This is something where they want to diversify a good bit more and uh, everybody gets a seat at the Thanksgiving banquet. That's kind of how I see this. And so finding those receivers who are not uh, as big a contributor, I think that's going to be the the best approach here. Over under on how many Thanksgiving puns Ed uh, throws at us throughout the show. I just counted two in the last minute. Two? You got two? Uh, I'm going to go with 19. I think that's a, I think it's a good safe number. So 
Let's let's say 19 and a half, uh, just so we can split the difference here. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we go off the board and discuss what sucks about traveling during the holidays. That's right here on the BetQL Network.